good to be with y'all this morning. Good to be back home. Uh, me and Miss Carrie have been on quite a round, um, and it's uh, good to be back. Um, I can say that uh, we both enjoy the classes and the fellowship with this group of folks. There we go. Well, having a little trouble. There we go. All right. Been a really long time since I did this. Um, and since we really kind of had this discussion, and I've made a few changes from the last time that we did this, it's been quite a few years, actually, seems like. And um, as we have this discussion about uh, modesty, um, you know, The question that's up here, I know you can't see that probably in the back, says, what do I say when I'm not speaking at all? And it's basically, uh, I mean, you know who these folks are when you look at the picture? Right? You know who they are, right? Uh, and if you know much about them, um, then you kind of probably know some things about them individually, right? You, you would... You can kind of say, well, it's kind of safe to say that I could make some generalizations about who these folks are, right? Um, and that's an outward uh, manifestation of some things that we would assume these, these folks believe, right? Some of the things they think and believe. So I've got this definition up here. And this is just the um, uh, Merriam-Webster's. And the number one says, the quality of not being too proud or confident about yourself or your abilities, and it uses in a sentence, she, she accepted the award with modesty. Uh, and the number two is propriety in dress, speech, or conduct. Um, you know, Really, the main definition of this is really more about what's in you than what's on the outside of you. Y'all get that? What's on the outside of you is evidence of what? What's on the inside of you, right? So when we have this discussion, um, I think we're kind of missing it if we don't talk about the inside, right? So, y'all, I know this is really small. Um, I was trying to blow that up, but these are some of the synonyms that Merriam-Webster put with this. Um, and some of these are things that we see a lot. These are, these are Bible words. Y'all see humility there? Lowliness, right? Meekness, humbleness, and you know, here's here's this a term that this we would kind of use 
you know, we would hear this in the world, down-to-earthness is, a, you know, more of a phrase, I guess. But, um, but you kind of look at those words that are synonyms of what we're talking about, and uh, that's, those are really character quality words, right? Who I am. This is uh, inside. That's, that's more about who you are on the inside, right? But we'll wind up talking about some of this other stuff. So, this idea of how do we present ourselves, right? Um, and we're talking about those that are humble, those that aren't what we call proud or self-important. Um, and when we see a picture like the picture on the right, we think about, or I think about, that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about social media type stuff, right? What we share, the images that we share, right? And, um, you know, we recently did this thing about Christian communication and how communication works and that our conversation uh, that we have when we have something in person, um, that tone of voice and body language are by far the biggest part of this communication that we're having right now. So when you see my face, when you hear my tone of voice, that's a big part of what we're communicating. But the images, uh, the text... And the snapshots, that's a lot of what gets used to try to communicate things. And when we look at this, um, we know what the problem is, right? Uh, I'm the center. Would we generally look at that picture and say, this is a humble dude? That lowliness defines him, right? And I see Colson smiling. I mean, he's got it. He knows, right? Um, so, you know, how often do you take pictures of yourself? When you're looking at the social media images, and let's say it's a trip to the creek. Trip to the creek. Is it pictures of you with the creek in the background? Is it... <laughs> The trip to the creek, or it's about you being at the creek. You know what? And what do you really think folks want to see, right? Do they want to see the fish you caught, or do they want to see you and a little picture of the fish? You know, maybe that you caught a fish, right? So you just kind of think back through, uh, and and you know, a lot of what we do here is is about some self examination, and of course, we want to think about these things corporately too, but you know. What image do you put out? You know, is it an image of modesty? Is that what people see when they see you in this context or in person? Um, And think about how this question is phrased. Do you need for the whole world to know what you're doing today? All right, think, think about it like this. Does the whole world need to know what you're doing today? The answer, you know the answer to that, right? So the answer, you know, do you need for the whole world to know what you're doing today? Is that say anything about who you are, right? 
Um, and, you know, as related to uh, what we're doing or what our mission is, as you deliver the story of Christ and Him crucified, what's more important, you or the message? You know, the message or the messenger, right? Um, is it important that you win the discussion or that you have it, right? And what's your posture in those things? What are you presenting and is that important? Um, and this is something I had used. I kind of incorporated it back here. I had this in a different um, PowerPoint, but I thought it was really a good place to put this. Um, and you all see what that is. Uh, basically, the world revolves around me. Uh is the person that suffers with this going to be good at modesty? Because this is the opposite of that, is it not? Is this the op isn't this the opposite of what we've looked at in that definition? It's the opposite of that. Um, the verse there in Matthew 23 says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you clean the outside of the cup and of the dish, but inside they are full of robbery and self-indulgence. And I think that's interesting, the words that um, are used there. So, uh, when we talk about the outward appearance um, and how that relates like you know if we had a guest come in here today with the greens gone and they were looking at male haircuts who's the odd man out it's Evan right uh, Evan is not in compliance with the what's going on here right and he's not hanging in uh, you know and when we see images, right? When we see images and what we present, y'all understand that, I mean, I've got this picture up here for a reason. Um, you know, is that the bad boy image? I mean, it is for me. My, you know, if, I'm, if you're my age, that's the bad boy image, right? Uh, that's, um, he's a rebel, right? He goes his own path. You know, what, what would I say about what's going on inside there? Now, would I be 100% right all the time? No, I wouldn't. But um, if that's not who you are, is that a good look for you? Right? And, and think about when Paul says, I'm all things to all people. Is that what this means? So if Paul was going to go to the motorcycle church, y'all know there's a cowboy church, right? Y'all Have y'all seen, when, you, when you're traveling, you see the cowboy church? I know Andrew's been west enough to see them. We, we passed one the other day, had the riding arena and all the stuff that came right up to the building. Cowboy church, 
riding the rain and everything out there. What do you think those folks look like on Sunday morning? What's the image? And is it the Cowboy Church of Christ on the building? What does it say? It says Cowboy Church. So what's it, what's it about? What's the center of worship there? I mean, I don't know 100%, but is there an effort being put into that image? Is there an effort being put into that image? If I go to motorcycle church, there's a motorcycle church that we pass around Laurel somewhere. All right? So if Paul shows up at motorcycle church, is this is Paul going to get some fake tattoos, put a bandana on, and, uh, I mean, is that what he's going to do? Is that what it means to be all things to all people? And, you know... When we're thinking about um, these things, you know, a lot of times this discussion about modesty really winds up being a discussion about, oh, man, what should you cover up? You know, and you have these discussions. Well, how, how high, you know, where does that skirt need to stop? You know, and folks want to know to the inch. And I'm like, okay, uh, I, I think this is more of a discussion about what's on the inside and what are you trying to do? What, what message are you trying to see? And are, and are you doing these things unconsciously, unthinkingly? How about, like, let's say it like that. You're not thinking about the image that you portray. Is that a good idea, to not think it through? So, we talked about hair. Clothes, excess jewelry, watches, ties, all that stuff, right? Uh, now, I don't wear a watch, but if I had a Rolex on, what's the message? I love. Uh, it's not always exactly what you think. I love quality craftsmanship. Is that what you were thinking? Or I want to show you I'm rich. Is that what you were thinking? And could it be both? And But do you understand how those images or those things that we do do send some kind of a message, right? And is it always accurate? And should we think about it? Um, Anti-authority. I'm a slob. I'm worldly. Or I respect and I honor God and you. Can all of those messages be sent in how we present ourselves? Consciously or unconsciously? whether we thought about it or didn't think about it. Can these things, can those things be communicated by how we look? Sometimes our appearances can be deliberately deceitful. Um, and, and we think about this sometimes. We want people to think we're rich or professional or virtuous or none of those things. <laughs> uh, I know from my experiences talking with Miss Carey about a lot of the job interviews that they have, folks trying to make a great first impression, do they kind of know what you want at the job interview when they show up? They, they know, they've studied it, they know what they want you to think, they want to get hired, but then does that always turn out to be who they are? Are these images sometimes deceitful? Can we communicate deceitfully through our presentation? 
And we know that's true, right? Uh, we can do that. Um, so we know we can dress to impress. I kind of joke about it sometimes. It's not always a joke, but I say I'll wear my red shirt and my cowboy boots when I want to come win a negotiation or an argument or whatever. <laughs> you know. uh, to get the job, to seduce, to make a good first impression. We know that there are certain... Um, I, you know, I've got tattoos, earrings. Can you see a certain set of tattoos and think military and see another set and think something completely opposite? Sure you can. Um, what about time-consuming hairdos? Giant belt buckles. Big old loud hats. Are those things... Do they communicate something? What are they for? And and we know kind of what it is. It's, hey, look at me, I'm, and you just fill in the blank. If I show up here and I got a belt buckle that runs from my knees to my, about the third button down, what's it going to say? World champion rodeo something, right? I'm a cowboy, right? You know what it is. Um and one of the things that I, w I was really impressed, I used to work with a guy who was the uh, Mississippi handgun champion. And for those of y'all that don't know, Mississippi and Louisiana almost always has the national champions for these kind of competitions. Y'all got that? So if you're Mississippi or Louisiana champion, you something, right? And I worked with this man for years before I knew this particular piece of fact. And my first thought was, I'd wear that T-shirt every day. <laughs> I'd have that T-shirt on. It would say Mississippi Handgun Champion. And what does that say about me? And what does that say about the guy I worked with? Which of the two of us is more humble with regard to something like that, Right? Uh, he was the winner, by the way. Uh, and, you know, I think about things like that, and I'm like, ooh, that's a little, little self-check, right? Uh, good thing I'm not the Mississippi handgun champion because y'all would all know about it, right? Um, but I'd need to work on that, right? Evan would need to take me aside tell me about that. So... We already had our first picture was a religious group, gangs, social groups, sports fans. They identify themselves a certain way, right? Um, we know what these things are, right? You see these images? What are we trying to communicate when we do these things, right? Uh, or are we trying to associate? So if we're trying to associate, if I want to be a banker and I want a job at the bank, am I going to dress like a banker? 
It's going to help a lot, isn't it? <laughs> if I show up at the bank interview looking like that, or like that, I should have probably wore that. I probably should have done that. If that's what I want to, if that's what I want to be associated with, correct? That's what I need to do. Um, these are my. Does that? Is there some values communicated there? Answer is yes, right? We know that. We know the answer. Anything wrong with being a sports fan, a cowboy, or dressing nice to get a job? Nothing wrong with any of those things. Nothing wrong with any of those things. Um, Is there anything wrong with pretending that your choices in these things um, don't affect others? Do you think your choices in these things affect other people? Should we pretend that they don't? Right, I think we know the answer. Um, so why is it? There's a question up there. Why do military, police, and sports teams dress alike? Are there real reasons for that? So it's not just association uh, for them that I would be accepted into that group. I'm going to dress a certain way to be accepted in the group. Um, it's not just that, is it? Like, you think about police showing up on a scene. All of the guys are dressed the same. Now, can it can it can it get chaotic? Might it be important that <laughs> that we can easily identify the good guys and the bad guys on the on a, in a chaotic situation? If you're the police, what about military? Does one set of folks have one kind of a uniform and look a certain way and another fo- group of folks look a different way? And is, is that, can you think of any reason why that would be important? Right? Um, you know, you think about a sports team. Well, I know we're, our team is blue, but I really look good in red. And I know we're playing a red team, but I'm going to wear, you know, my red. Well, you know. You just think of the confusion that that would cause, right? Uh, coach probably ain't gonna let you go out unless you put your blue shirt on, right? That's not gonna happen. So, um, you think about these different groups. It's a group working together as a unified body of individuals towards a particular goal, is it not? Sports teams, police, military, is that what that is? Group of folks working together as a unified body of individuals towards a particular goal. Is that what we're here to do? Does that sound like us? Is it supposed to sound like us? So, I know this is some famous rock star guy. I don't know who he is. Um, but the verse up here is Romans, is Romans 12, 3. For, uh, Through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so 
as to have sound judgment as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. Um, Not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment. And what does thinking have to do with how we're looking? What does our thinking have to do with how we're looking? And Webster's recognizes that the thinking comes before the looking. Right? James 4, 6. But he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So this is about pride and humility when we're talking about modesty. Uh, Romans 2, 7, and 8, and 11. To those who by perseverance and doing good seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life, but to those who are selfishly ambitious and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, wrath, and indignation. Um, What's the reward for those? I think we know the opposite of eternal life. Um... And then we've got verse 11 says, For there is no partiality with God. Um, So which one of those choices do you want to make? And the glory and honor in immortality, um, if we give God glory and honor, what does he give us? Right. So this discussion part of it is obviously, you know, what everybody wants to know this idea about covering up, right? Or what what how should we dress? Um what I would ask is do you think the world around us and the culture around us impacts us, are we immune to it? I mean, we're not. We're not immune to it. Um, You know, there's a few of us in here that are old enough uh, to remember when uh, very conservative standards of dress were more universal than they are today. A lot more universal, right? And I see, I see a little bit of head nodding. Um, uh, there was probably, when I was a kid, more pressure to cover it up than to show it off. Uh, I would say that those things have reversed. Um, I mean, older folks can give me a nod and tell me if you agree with that, but it seems to be, I see Miss Suzette kind of, Gary, it looks like that's reversed, right? So for a lot of y'all that are a lot younger than some of the rest of us, um, you're kind of coming along trying to make decisions in a different peer environment, right, than, than a lot of the older folks experience. It's, it's harder, I would say. It's, it's a good bit harder. Um, 
so you know what's a practical thing I mean this is kind of you know I don't hope that just the statement doesn't make everybody uncomfortable but um, one of the things that I heard said that I thought was pretty practical you shouldn't have anything on display that if somebody touched you there your dad, mom, spouse, son, or daughter would be upset or uncomfortable about it. That seems like a kind of a practical way to think about it, right? And I, I guess how to illustrate that would be like if you're wondering, well, do you know, does my skirt need to stop here or does my, my here or where? If you kind of think about that, that might be a good answer for you, right? And will that standard be a little different for everybody in here, John? Even that one? Probably a little bit, right? But remember that um, we don't originate standards. We, we want to be thinking about you know, what would Jesus have me to do? What is the standard communicated in scriptures, right? So, you know, the more you understand what God's will is, the more you adopt that. That's really the standard, whatever that is. But there's not an inches given. We can't, I can't turn to you for book, chapter, and verse and tell you exactly what to do here. But... Do community standards affect us? Yes, but do community standards impact what's expected of us? I say, yeah, I mean, so no, right? Um, this is one, if it's too so tight, nobody needs an imagination. I, don't, I won't elaborate on that. Um, and you know, uh, you may discuss this in the next hour. I don't know what Matt's doing to follow up exactly, but um, you know, can anybody really tell you what to wear? The answer is yes. Uh, if you're in the military, if you're a firefighter, if you go to certain schools, uh, if you work at McDonald's, are, you, are they telling you what to wear? Yeah, they're telling you what to wear. Um, and basically, in our country, since military service is voluntary, pretty much you're not going to be wearing any of this stuff you didn't volunteer for. Right? I, I don't want to wear a McDonald's outfit. I'm probably not going to get a job at McDonald's. It's all voluntary. But the reason people do that is because they want to be a part of something else. Something bigger than themselves maybe might be a good way to say it, right? So what you're saying by, you know, submitting to uh, Jesus' will by being added to the church, by following what we see in Acts chapter 2, you wanted to be added to the body Christ is the head of the body 
Um, you said I want to be part of this, part of this group. Uh, so what does that look like? Well, does it look exactly like the world? Well, no, we know that's not true. But is there a particular dress code? Well, if you lined up me and Mr. Gary and Evan up here in a stand-up deal, would you say that there is a standard dress? Now, Evan might say that, or I might say that, or Gary might say that, and, and which one would we think it was if we were saying it? If we would say, well, the one I've got on. That's the standard, right? But is that the standard? So what I would say is this might work. I'm going to be in God's army, a citizen in his kingdom, a member of the body. Would that help you decide how you're going to look? How you're going to present yourself to the world you're in? And this I pray that your love may abound still more and more in real knowledge and all discernment so that you may approve the things that are excellent in order to be sincere and blameless until the day of Christ. Excellence is obviously what we should approve, right? Discernment's required to know what that is, right? And can some other folks on your team help you out? Is that one is that one way that we could kind of be somewhat uniform, right? Ask one another once in a while, maybe, right? Uh, well, what what should this look like? Um, and we think about you know individual accountability but corporately as we work together for uh, hopefully shared goals um, we're supposed to be helping one another to get to heaven right um, so what's that look like maybe we'll ask somebody that we admire that we think maybe is possibly doing a little better than we are uh, about these things. Um, remember that this is a measure of heart, not really in inches of a dress, uh, but really in how far you're willing to go to honor God and to not cause others to stumble, right? Remember those things. Think about those things. Will I humble myself or make myself the center of attention? Um, and those things are completely opposite. They're completely opposite. Um, yeah. And we do know, all right, we're not going to wear, wear the same clothes in the garden that we'd wear for a job interview as an accountant, right? So we're not always going to look like an accountant if we're an accountant, 
particularly, right? But are we going to always look like a Christian if we're a Christian? Right? And does that mean in a lot of settings you're going to look somewhat different? If Paul was trying to preach at a biker church meeting, would he look different or would he look the same? Right? This is one. Or am I going to the beach clothes, something I'd wear to a backyard get together with the brethren? Situation appropriate should also mean modest. And remember that the modest really sources more from who you are, right? How do we represent true value in ourselves as Christians? Um, And your choices do matter, right? Our choices in those things matter. So, you know, I I know that this isn't really a... um, a lesson about uh, how to become a Christian, but one of the passages that I thought would be good to read with this, and I know we're all familiar with this. This is a part of another reading. Uh, one body, many members. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 12. And it's kind of a long reading, and I'm kind of at the end of my time. But it talks about us being a part of a whole and Christ being the head, right? Um, and when you read this, you know, if the foot says, you know, we're talking about the foot and the hand and the ear, is that all that the same? Foot, hand, ear, that's not all the same. We're not all the same, right? But are we trying to project the image of Christ? as Christians, right? We're not all the same, but we're all under the same head. We're all accountable to Him. Uh, But do you want to honor Him, and do you want to present Him? Um, And think about it in in these choices, right? But this is a good thing to read um, on your own. I, I really just would read, you know, in thinking about this from 12 to the end of the chapter, verse 12 to the end of the chapter, but um, like I say, I don't know what, what Matt has planned for the next hour to follow up, but um, if y'all have questions about any of that, be sure and ask Matt next hour. Um, but if you do find yourself subject to the invitation of Christ, um, Colston has selected 267. If you all will turn to that, you find yourself subject to uh, subject to that, and you need to come forward for any reason, please do so while we stand and sing the song. <laughs>